This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I find this next story intriguing. We've talked about it in the past. Uh, and so this is an update on the story, a resolution, uh, if you will, to this dispute uh, between Reverend Greta Vosper uh, and the United Church of Canada, more specifically uh, West Hill United Church in Toronto. Now, why this is intriguing to me, and I guess cards on the table, at least as it's relevant to this story, uh, I am... An atheist, don't believe in in a god or or in religion. Uh, People who do, I respect them. That's what church is for. Uh, As a non-believer, I I wouldn't go to church, be a part of a church. That that seems like the kind of thing that is for those who do believe, to each his own, right? So that's why I find the the case of uh, Reverend Vosper very intriguing. Because she has been fighting to remain a minister, an ordained minister within the United Church of Canada, despite herself not believing in God. Statement released this week by Toronto Conference, the Reverend Greta Vosper and West Hill United Church. Toronto Conference, the Reverend Greta Vosper and West Hill United Church have settled all the outstanding issues between them. The Reverend Vosper will remain in ordained ministry at West Hill. We acknowledge the faithful work of all those who have been involved in this process. Process that's been going on for some time now. So joining us to talk about where things stand and uh, why this fight mattered so much, very pleased to welcome the program, the aforementioned Reverend Greta Vosper. Greta, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Good to be on the phone with you. So this is a culmination of, I guess it's even been a few years now, hasn't it? It has been. It's been three and a half years. We settled it three and a half years and a day after it began. So how did this begin in the first place? Take us back to the beginning. Well, it was never a dispute between uh, West Hill and I. The congregation that I serve has stood by me throughout. Uh, But the denomination through Toronto Conference uh, created a process by which it could test its ordained ministers uh, based on belief. Um, That is absolutely new to the United Church of Canada. Uh, We have always had a very uh, wide expanse of understanding around what um, our beliefs mean. And so uh, we could always um, find a way uh, to have conversation and be in dialogue with people who had different beliefs within the same denomination. Um, when, the, when the Toronto Conference determined that it wished to uh, review me uh, for my effectiveness based on my suitability, based on my beliefs, um, we began a very difficult three and a half years. Um, it has been a challenge. It has been exhausting. My congregation and I have felt our ministry um, has had a cloud over it for all that time. Um, but now that we've come to this agreement and I'm allowed to stay, we will continue to do the work that we do. How long have you been an ordained minister? Since 1993. Oh, is that right? 25 yeah. years. It's been a while. 
Yes, indeed. And have you always been uh, an atheist? I have not always described myself as an atheist. I have always had a non-theistic understanding of God. That is, I never understood God as a being. And uh, in the, just around the millennium, I realized that when I used the word God to describe what it was that I understood that to be, most people didn't understand what I was talking about. And so I began to uh, use language that could be understood, and that language didn't use the word God. Um, we also sought sources of inspiration beyond the Bible, because the Bible uh, has a lot of really horrific stuff in it. Um, and so we determined that only those elements that were worthy of being brought into the community would be shared. Um, so that steered us more and more away from the Bible as the central source of wisdom for us as well. Uh, I determined uh, to call myself an atheist in 2013, although I, it had been very clear that I didn't believe in the kind of God that many people believe in uh, for years before that. But in 2013, um, you may recall there were four Bangladeshi bloggers who were arrested, uh, identified as atheists, and mm -hmm. threatened with execution. Yeah. Um, and I felt that since my beliefs were on the same, you know, they could be understood in exactly the same terms, it was time for me to say, yes, that's what I'm going to be called as well. That's how I identify. And then people who are attacking those who are atheists or maligning them with all kinds of uh, language and disrespect would have to say that they were doing that to me as well. Um, so that was how that, the use of that term came about. What about the term Christian? Are you a Christian? Um, many describe me as a Christian. I am certainly deeply rooted in the Christian faith. Many of our traditions and many of the services that we that we have at West Hill are have grown out of that tradition, if I could speak of it that way. So we still, you know, we don't have a Christmas Eve service that would celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we have a longest night service that goes to the deeper roots of our Christmas traditions. Uh, so that's really how we have uh, adapted. Our purpose um, really is to find ways to create community that has um, a focus on values that challenges us to live with one another, uh, uplifting those values that we have named and recognizing that when we fail, uh, we will have a community that will hold us in that, uh, in that failure. So really, uh, we are taking all of those things that I refer to as the off-label benefits of religion, and that has to do with a sense of belonging, a recognition of being known, a place where we can um, celebrate uh, moments in our lives and where we can convict ourselves for not having lived up to the values. Uh, and those off-label benefits in a secular community are extremely important, uh, not just for the individuals, but for the social uh, democracy in which we live. Um, people who have been engaged in a religious communities and who are deeply embedded in them have a much higher level of subjective well-being. They vote more, they donate more, they volunteer more, and Canada is built on those values. So if we let them just disappear, uh, and the Christian church, particu particularly the liberal church, is slipping away, um, then there is much more at risk than simply closing churches. Well, that's an interesting point, and I, I, I see your point about, you know, the value of community mm -hmm. but 
it is still a church. It is still a Christian denomination. There is a specific view uh, of God that Christianity professes. People have their own versions of God or what God means to them, but it's very specific in a Christian context, is it not? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that it is. I think that there's a wide range of understandings of God uh, in the Christian tradition. You'd have very uh, strict um, literalistic understandings in some Christian communities, and then you'd have other very non-theistic uh, understandings. Many of my colleagues identify as pan-entheists uh, who don't understand God as a being, but see God as, you know, the whole of uh, the universe, beyond the universe, interpenetrating the universe. It's a very, um, you know, very difficult concept to explain, um, but they see that as the force that guides their lives. So, so that's the issue. Um, when I use the word God and when I identify with the Christian church, many people assume they know what I mean. And I don't want them assuming that I mean an authoritative, supernatural, divine father being who can judge or, you know, bestow blessings in some kind of a capricious fashion. Right. And, and again, I, you'll see disagreement uh, amongst Christians on, on those issues, but on the central question of the divinity of Christ uh, and uh, the, the resurrection of Christ, isn't that central to Christianity? Well, yes and no. Uh, yes, in terms of uh, we have recognized and celebrated uh, Jesus as a leader in uh, the the elements of our faith that come from tradition. We also, in the liberal church, we've also been uh, very critical scholars when it comes to the Bible, and many of us have recognized that the texts that were written generations after he lived really have an element that would reflect more the community in which those people that were writing it down lived in than it may actually reflect exactly what his life was like. Uh, many in the Christian church um, eschew the idea of a bodily resurrection and speak more in terms of a resurrection of ideals that happened in the hearts of the disciples who wanted to carry that story forward. So again, it's very complex and trying to find a single narrative that all Christians will hold to uh, is a challenge. In the United Church of Canada, we've been invited over the course of its history to find interpretations that suit um, the, the depth of our tradition, but also resonate with the things that, that we know and that we want to transfer into, the, into contemporary language and our contemporary world. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the teachings of Jesus, as opposed to questions of divinity or, or the resurrection, but just in terms of those teachings, do you see value in that? Um, in some of them, yes. Some of them are, are, are deeply divisive and very harmful to society. Um, but some of them, yes, uh, are, are worthy of being uplifted. Um, the, you know, love one another is an important element. It's not, not wasn't original to him. Um, it had been said before, and it will be said again. But um, the different ways that we choose to find uh, to love one another are important. And some of those... Um, Christians would say are limited. Uh, if you want to talk about sexuality, um, Christians often use the epistles to uh, exclude access and to deny rights to those who don't have what they would call a traditional and orthodox sexuality. So, so there are ways in which um, the teachings of the Christian Church 
uh, are really very challenging uh, in the world right now, and we need to find ways to get beyond those. Um, Jesus' teachings that are that uplift and hold us to the values that build right relationships, absolutely, I'm totally with them. But if they are going to deny rights, if they are going to um, teach Christians that they have a, a benefit, that they're that they are going to heaven and other people are going to hell, um, I think that's very, very problematic. Um, I think that heaven and hell, which exist exclusively within religious texts, um, are very problematic ideas and that we need to challenge those ideas. Okay, so let's let's talk about how this, this whole matter was resolved, because the Church seemed pretty clear that you were unsuitable for ministry. So how did this, this resolution come about? Well, we were looking at about five weeks of uh, hearing, and we were recognizing that the differences that we had um, were perhaps not as serious as would require five weeks of hearing. And so this was the, the most opportune way for us to move forward. Uh, yes, I stretch the far end edge of uh, the United Church of Canada, uh, but the United Church of Canada is a denomination that has wanted and worked toward having a, a broad impact in Canadian society and to align itself with the values that are that are the most worthy in Christianity. And so they are providing me and, and others uh, in the denomination the opportunity to build uh, secular communities, to recognize that the gifts that, that we provide those communities are valuable and important, and to place them under uh, the auspices of the United Church of Canada is no longer seen as something that is um, heinous or completely outside uh, the rules, but that we are a valid uh, extrapolation of what the United Church of Canada has been. So you believe then that within your congregation, you have room, there is value for both a Christian and, and an atheist? Oh, we have, we have uh, that breadth of belief already. We have traditional believers in our congregation, and we have those who identify as atheists, and we have those that would walk around a T-shirt saying, no label, please. Um, we have a variety of beliefs, and the interesting thing about West Hill is we have never actually asked anyone what they believe. So we thought about doing, a, uh, as part of this hearing process, having a declaration of what people believe, but then we thought, well, that's totally antithetical to who we are. So uh, we decide we just want to be together, and we don't examine what each other's beliefs are. All right, very interesting. So this is the end of it, right? I mean, this, this side of it, this ordeal, this is over then. Yes, this particular ordeal is over. The United Church did create a process to test uh, the beliefs of clergy, and I think we need to have a conversation about that. Um, I, I will not take that up, but I think that some of my colleagues may take that up because um, this process is not one that we want to see happening again, um, certainly as uh, we look at what it means to be present to Canadians, to Canadian society, uh, and to those uh, that large and very, very quickly growing um, sector of our population, which identifies as having no religious tradition, whether they are believers in God or whether they consider themselves spiritual but not religious, um, we would like to be able to provide them the kind of experience that being a member of a, of a vibrant community can be. Yeah. 
Interesting. More, more at uh, GretaVosper.ca. Uh, Greta, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much, Rob. Take care. Uh, that is Greta Vosper, uh, two T's in Greta, GretaVosper.ca. You can read more about her there. Uh, again, I mean, it's kind of supply and demand in a weird way. The marketplace, if you will. She has a, a loyal following. She has a congregation. She has people who come each week because they place value in what she's saying. So if, if people like what she's saying, then what's the problem? At the same time, though, the United Church exists as an entity. And uh, they certainly have the purview to decide what it is they believe as a church. And that if uh, an ordained minister believes something else, well, maybe they should move on to something else. Right? I mean, you, you couldn't really be a Catholic priest by rejecting communion. Say, well, you know, that is, I don't like that. I don't believe in that. Well, it's kind of what the church believes. So, you know, you can get with the program or, you know, there's other places you can go. So... I do admit to finding it, it all a, a bit strange. I, I, again, the basic concept she's talking about of sort of taking a different pr- approach to all of these things, bringing in different people, building a different kind of community. Sure, fine. Again, if people are into that, great. But at the same time, I think maybe the United Church had a legitimate point. It's all moot now, I guess. They resolved these differences and uh, she remains an ordained minister. And, and there you go. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.